0: Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running. Lift off. We have a lift off. Thirty-two minutes past the hour. Lift off on Apollo 11. Tower cleared. Hello. This is Eleanor Rangers, and welcome to our final season two episode on Space 3D and the conclusion of our discussion of the television science fiction show The Expanse with our co moderator, Tom Hill. Tom continues to regale us with a number of interesting factoids about The Expanse, including the non traditional origins of the show key storyline details, and something which particularly interested me, how medical details are seamlessly woven into the show to enhance its realism. We conclude the interview with some speculation on whether the show will lead to a feature-length movie like most sci-fi franchises these days. I personally think Tom wanted to do this show to attract more fans to chat with, but see what you think. I have a feeling I'll be binge-watching in the very near future.
1: Oh, I want to give a little bit of background on how the whole thing got started. So there are two authors that write under the name uh, James S.A. Corey. Okay, Daniel Abraham and Ty Frank. What happened was one of them was putting together a massively multiplayer online role-playing game that was set in space. And he had put together some rules and had a group of friends that he was actually playing it as a role-playing game. So he created this universe that this was all set in with the Epstein drive and all the ships and Mars and earth and all that kind of stuff. And one of the people who joined his play group said, you've put more work into the background of this role-playing game than most people who write novels put into before they write their novel. We should try this (laughs) as a novel. And the two of them got together and started writing, and that's that's how it all got going. And it it just uh, turned into turned into what wow. it is. It actually there was a Kickstarter to uh, to create the role playing game, and it just came out a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago, something like that. It uh, so it is now available as a role playing game. Uh, but uh, yeah, I forgot to get in on that Kickstarter, and my wife said that's all <laughs> I need is one other hobby. So another. Main factor that uh, that they bring into the in the line here is uh, medicine, which I'm sure you'll be interested in. My uh, initial news is not good, Eleanor, in that the main characters and the main ship, they they don't have a doctor. They get into a They get into a couch and a uh, something's, you know, put over their arm and they've their medications on board people ne- don't necessarily know what they're getting at any particular time the the system just chimes when they can get up oh, and, okay. they can, so and they like can and they can go
0: full, uh, uh holographic uh, doctor like we have in star trek who by the way i always enjoyed that character
1: it but, is not it is not yeah it, well, a, that was a challenging character to work with but uh, but yeah they um they're they don't have, they don't have a doctor on staff. It's the, uh, the ship is actually a, a former military vessel and, uh, it's under crewed with the number of people who are on it. So they're, so their, uh, military system is way overdone for the number of people they have. But, uh, of course, you know, for the story, they have plenty of wounds to worry about so that, uh, that kind of, they take care of that. They use, they use up plenty of that. So for the, uh, for the high G travel, if you need to get somewhere fast, they have a cocktail of drugs that they give them that is it prevents strokes. It doesn't go into the detail of how, but uh, but it's called going on the juice. If you get above much above like two and a half or three Gs, your uh, the pilot will just click the ship and say we're you know sent put everybody on the juice. He, he can actually – he can knock hmm. people out as well. There will be times where he'll stay conscious to fly the ship and he'll knock other people out because just of the, the pain of what they'd be going through with the, the high G's that huh. they'd be maneuvering at. So, so yeah, that's another, another factor. Uh, in one of the stories, there's a major plot line that involves uh, a traumatic event where there are a lot of injuries – And the problem is they're on the float, so they're not thrusting. And essentially you have the initial wave of people who die from the incident, but anyone with internal injuries or anything like that, without gravity to drain, you have a second wave of people who will die just over a longer period of time from injuries that would be treatable in a gravity field, but aren't in zero gravity.
0: Well, help me understand that from not having seen the show. What type of injuries that you could that they show?
1: It blunt blunt trauma, uh, internal bleeding, things along those lines, where uh, where normally the blood would drain, you could you could drain the right. blood out of a out of an area. They uh, it, it just pools differently, and there's really there's no. No way to to handle that.
0: That's interesting. I mean, yeah, blood because surface tension kind of becomes predominant in a you know, zero gravity environment. But in some ways that's easier to control technically because it's not splattering all over the place. Um so I don't know inherently in reality if that would be any more difficult to control. Um I mean, certainly it affects your field of view. I mean, if you're trying to Locate the source of the of the bleed, but I wouldn't think physiologically it would necessarily be any more difficult to to control the bleeding uh, but that's interesting that they choose huh. to make that decision that oh you know they're not going to survive because of that,
1: yeah, yeah, and there and things come about once again trying to trying to minimize spoilers here things come about and it things work out but uh but that's the argument, and they actually they talk about that in the show as well, oh, in the show essentially. Uh, The first season covers about the first two-thirds of the first book. The second season covers the second two-thirds, or the second third of the first book, and about the first half of the second book. Then the third season covers the second half of the second book and the whole third book. The third book was a little rushed, in my opinion, on the TV show, but... What you're gonna do? They didn't. They didn't ask my opinion when they when they put it all together. Plus, I'm pretty sure they saw the writing on the wall that the show wasn't going to be uh, wasn't going to be approved for a fourth season. So they wanted to reach some sort of decent stopping point. Though it definitely, they gives you the hint that more stuff could happen.
0: Interesting. So hedging hedging their bets.
1: Basically, yeah, that's what they had to do. And uh, once again, Father Bezos swept in and and saved the day. So.
0: Interesting.
1: So let's see what's some of the other stuff that they they, uh, they deal with that are that is pretty cool.
0: What kinds of things do they take for granted?
1: Essentially, cancer is not an issue. you know when you're in space it's there's not anybody talking about getting cancer due to the higher higher radiation dosages or anything along those lines. <laughs> so that's that's not a problem. Uh, in one case, it's somebody gets, somebody gets an additional dose of radiation that, that leads to some problems and they actually take a, a medication that represses cancer. It, uh, it, it keeps, keeps cancer from forming. So okay. that's, uh, that's pretty useful. Uh, the whole, you know, what are we going to do in zero gravity? The, the period of time they spend in zero gravity is fairly low. They spend most of their time traveling one place or the other. If they, if they're on the float for a long time, that's the term that they use. Uh, their whole exercise routine changes. They have resistance resistance bands. They have a resistance gel tank that they'll go into to that you got to move in for a period of time. So that all kind of fits. It's just you know, it's just that's a different way. We're we're going to be on the float for a while. Well, this is the way we've got to exercise. Um, other times, actually, if if it's convenient to have gravity but you don't have a particular place you need to go. They will, uh, they'll just fly in circles for a while. Uh, Just, you know, set us at, set us at one third G and just go in circles. And they'll just do that for a while while they sort out whatever they need to do. And it just keeps them in gravity, which is, uh, which can be convenient. Wow.
0: It's very interesting that they've woven in so many medical aspects that become part of this show. That's very unusual.
1: Yeah. That's the thing. It's, and uh, it's, I think it's done well, also, because it's not driving the story. It's right. just what these characters know. You know, it's not it's not anything overriding. It's just, well, yep, this is how we do it. You know, and it's not a, a whole bunch of uh, explanation done about it or anything like that. So if you're if you're not paying attention, you could miss things like the guy pouring his drink with the with the curve and all that. You know, that's that's one thing that uh, that you could miss. But it it's definitely for somebody, for the nerds out there, there's definitely a, uh,
0: oh, that's, a, yeah, an that's, interest factor. That's really cool. All right. Well, you've definitely hooked me. I'm going to have to definitely watch this now. Um, I'm, I'm curious, the people who, do you know if the two guys that are writing these this series do any of them have a healthcare
1: background i don't uh i don't believe so let me uh so let's see i think one's just mainly been an author yeah daniel abraham is just just an yeah. author uh yeah. well you know that's that's what he does it's not uh but he has hasn't worked anything else as far as i can tell and then uh and then ty frank he doesn't have his own he doesn't have his own entry on wikipedia so i don't know I don't know his background. Apparently, spent a lot of time creating this universe, uh, with the plan of making it a uh, massively multiplayer online role playing game. So maybe he's a <laughs> maybe he's a coder. Oh
0: my gosh! So in terms of where they're traveling to and from, this is basically Earth, Mars, and the asteroid mm-hmm. belt. They haven't expanded any further.
1: No, there are uh, the moons. The moons of Jupiter are um, are inhabited. Ganymede. Uh, Ganymede is actually the most popular place to have children if you have the means to get there because it's the Jupiter. It's got, it's the moon of Jupiter with a magnetic field. So it cuts down on the radiation and it's better to, to to have your baby develop and be born at Ganymede. That's the place you can, you can do it if you, uh, if you want, if you know, if you, if you're able to. And then uh, the moons of Saturn are slightly, there are a few people at Saturn. There's several million people on the moons of Jupiter, Um, I think Mars has a couple, a couple billion people and, uh, and then, uh, the furthest out is there's a science station on one of the moons of Uranus, like 5,000 people there. It's a, it's a deep, deep space science station.
0: Tell me a little bit about some of the characters and like, what is the major, um, you know, storyline in terms of like good guys, bad guys, or, you know you told me a little bit about, you know, Mars wanting to break away from, from earth and how that was kind of resolved, but I'm just curious about what else is giving dramatic tension to the series.
1: Okay. So, uh, so basically I'm going to try okay. to do this without spoiling too much. Um, so there's been this balance, uneasy balance between earth, Mars and the belt for decades it's been going on. Uh, the belt feels oppressed and they've, got some valid concerns there that they are uh, essentially they feel that they're they're the workers and then the the materials are sent down to the inner planets who then build gorgeous ships and all that sort of stuff and in the meantime uh belters are taxed for their oxygen and things along those lines so you know there's some some valid concerns there uh it turns out there's a uh, in the first book there's a discovery that Changes a lot of stuff and kicks off kicks off the main conflict. A company opened a uh, research facility on a moon of Saturn, Phoebe. Phoebe has long been thought to have been a captured object from the Kuiper Belt, but as they're digging into the uh, asteroid or into the into the moon of Saturn here, they find that it's not just a a rock. It was actually built to survive an atmospheric entry and within it is a group of replicating molecules. Whoa. Okay. And they, it turns out that an alien civilization shot Phoebe at earth about 2 billion years ago with the idea of these replicators Taking over oh, but it got life on Saturnian Earth,
0: Saturnian gravity.
1: Saturn caught it on the way and saved us from an apocalypse oh, we never knew okay. happened. Now, the problem is these replicators don't act on their own; they need to overlay on other stable replicators, meaning people.
0: Okay, so so who gets infected? Basically? So.
1: That's, yes. Now, in the uh, in the books, it's not hinted as much, but you see a little bit more of it in the show. The company has done some low-level experimentation, and they realize they need for it to, for it to fully develop. They, they're not even sure what it is. They've seen what it tries to do with the limited uh, samples that they have, but they need a much larger sample to actually let it run its course, which they don't know what it is. So they choose an asteroid and oh, infect all like the people on it. Like on
0: it's it. a Tuskegee Airman experiment. Yep, on. or
1: Mangala. You know, it's got some true ethical oh, boy. Deal oh, boy. stuff going right. on there. So anyway, and obviously, you know... Something comes of it because there are seven seven more books so far, with, so, with one so more to plenty come. plenty of
0: additional action with these replicants and uh, trying to save humanity. So yeah, this is, this sounds pretty cool.
1: It is. It's uh, like I said. It's it's a. Uh, I'm really enjoying the the layers of the story. Uh, by the eighth book, I think I figured out it's been about four and a half decades. So I mean, you know, it's not. Bang, bang, bang. You, you have to figure out as you're opening the next book, you know, how many years have passed since yeah. the last story. Well, what I like about it the is, the last even having the
0: discussion here, it sounds like the guys that have created this have, have created a very well-formed, vivid world So you, that that obviously is pretty immersive.
1: Yeah, it's very very well thought through um, and, like, you know, it was originally designed for a multiplayer right. well, role-playing game online. That's so probably why. You imagine, so you know,
0: it, that it, it it kind of translated really well to this the, the small screen because it was designed as an immersive environment originally
1: yeah so that's uh that's really that's really been uh, been kind of my thing i'm 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 fully uh, invested in it i'm uh i'm in on some uh, some groups online that uh, that do the whole cosplaying thing and uh, haven't been to a con yet but i'm building I'm building some things that I hope to take to, uh, to cons, to, uh, to be, no to be of interest I to have. people. So no, no. Although there's some very cool stuff that people have done with some Christmas lights and, uh, and they'll show the, the, uh, the, uh, replicator, uh, the replicator stuff. They'll be carrying it around like in a, uh, one of those bank <laughs> vacuum tube things. They'll, uh, yeah, they'll put some uh, little capsules. They'll have some batteries and and running little blue lights on it, and things like that. But oh, very uh, yeah, cool.
0: it's all right. Has there been any inter-humanoid romance uh, or any problems with that, like a Martian getting it on with an Earthling or a Belter kind of digging a Martian or an Earthling, and any sort of issues with that?
1: Uh, that's kind of a unique side story. Yeah, two of the characters, a uh, one of the the uh, the uh, person from earth and the person from the belt, they end up, they end up together. Uh, and the guy from earth, his, his thing is, you know, I, I want you to meet my family. And the, uh, the woman from the, from the belt says, I can, I <laughs> no, I'm not going to go to earth. I'm, I'm not going to do it. For one thing, at, at times when she's been in higher gravity, she says, you know, I think my knees are leaking when she's walking around in higher gravity. It's like <laughs> we need to get out of here. But uh, and there's some there's some uh, racism there. It's very interesting along the lines of the descriptions of people don't care what color skin you have, but where you were born, what what gravity you were born in. And it's now the the indicator of whether you're going to, you know, the the initial racial prejudice is based on that. And in my opinion, that's kind of just a, a human thing. We try to group ourselves kind of automatically. And once you move beyond the the uh, the simple planet, you would find reasons to not like somebody else. And that's, we, we need to get, we need to make that yeah. better, but it's kind of our reflex. And, uh, oh, the descriptions, that's, that's interesting. Just some of the things that are thrown in. Like you get on an elevator at high gravity and the elevator goes up to areas of less gravity. And like one of the characters is caught off guard by that because suddenly the Coriolis effect overrules the gravitational effect and he, he falls over and the, the person who was running the elevator said, Oh, sorry, I should have told you to hold on. And to me, a lot of the, uh, basically the a lot of this sort of stuff is in the academic argument phase at this point because we've never seriously demonstrated any sort of large-scale spin gravity I my opinion that's one of the major things we need to do before we, we could commit to a lot of this stuff and it's fairly easy to do I've you know I've proposed ideas of using SpaceX capsules and their discarded second stage you know to just just spin up and see what you can do but essentially they just take the argument that well, people just get used to it. You know, you may be surprised at a moment when the Coriolis effect is greater than your gravity. You, you stumble for a moment and then you, you go, oh, okay, yeah, this is weird. And then you're at zero gravity and, yeah, I guess and they you just sort of carry on.
0: ever talk about people getting sick? Like you talk about the guy falling down. But like with, Cori- with Coriolis effect, I would think that if they get used to it, it would take some time. Only kind of like being on a ship with the motion of the ship giving you motion sickness. It would be kind of the same thing in this case.
1: Yeah, they do talk about that. For instance, people from Earth who developed, used to 1G all the time, it's described that they will never be as efficient in zero gravity as somebody who grew up in the belt or on a ship because, you know, they just Mm -hmm. didn't, it's not muscle memory for them, whether they were on Earth till they were 18 or whatever, whatever age, you know, that's what they know and they can learn the other stuff, but they don't know it in their bones how to do that kind of thing uh one of the major major times that they'll talk about about uh nausea is actually if if a ship is undergoing violent maneuvers if it's thrust on and then suddenly thrust off and then they have to they have to flip you know or turn rapidly or something along those lines the uh that's that's another thing the uh, space battles are quite interesting most of them don't last long. It's not the whole, you know, Star Trek slug fest where we're, you know, we're firing and we're firing and we're firing. It's it's these two ships are passing at high speed and one of them maneuvers quickly and just happens to get in under something sure. and fires one shot and it's over. And they do that very cleverly on the show, switching between like real time and slow motion. They'll do like this ultra slow motion to explain what's happening. And that's a that's a very cool effect. That The main one of those that I'm thinking of happens in uh, season three. Okay but that's, uh, well worth the wait. But yeah, the, the nausea effects, that's one of the things mm. that the juice is supposed to cut down on that, uh, it cuts down on your nausea, but just, yeah, just wandering around. I think it's the sort of thing that, you know, you would just, you would, once you've done it a couple times, you know, you're going to be changing gravity as you go up into, a, up into an elevator or, you know, stepping from one area to another, yeah. you just get used to it.
0: Oh, cool. So I guess, uh, Maybe one of the last questions I have is, are there going to be plans for a feature-length movie, like most of these, a lot of these sci-fi shows end up doing?
1: I don't think so. I get the impression, actually, uh, The Expanse has been described as the show you should watch if, you, if you're uh, <laughs> if you missing Game of Thrones. Uh, I think they're actually enjoying the fact that you can take a book and turn it into 10 hours of something instead of two. It seems to be the the way things are moving right now. The first book was close to 20 episodes, so they took like 20 hours to to go through that first book, and then the second book took about 13, and the third book took seven. Once again, I think the third book got a little short change there, but it's still much more time than you would have in some sort right. of uh, feature right. feature-length movie. So with this fourth season, they'll be almost halfway through, some of the online chat I've been doing some, I think some people who actually worked on the show are on this online chat because I was a little, I was asking if, if the uh, fourth season would cover the fourth book. And I basically got the answer. Yes. And I was like, dang, I wish, you know, there was a little more. I'd prefer like two thirds of book four. And then, and then you switch, you know, you finish book four in the next season. And the response came back as a chilly, why don't you wait okay. and see? <laughs> I'll you know? back All like, oh. But yeah, they, they, they just can get into so much more than they could in a feature length movie. And their, and their budget yeah, well, doesn't and seem and it, to be isn't hurting it generally so. less
0: expensive to film in Canada. I think that's part of the attractiveness of filming up there. I know it was for like the X files for years.
1: Oh yeah. That's uh yeah, I think that's becoming more and more of a thing. There, there's less and less filming in California. Yeah. Like there's less and less of <laughs> most kidding. things in California now, it seems.
0: All right. So you so, would recommend seeing yeah. this show and, It sounds like there's enough to not nitpick about on this show, which is another attractive feature for sci-fi fans.
1: Yeah, they do. They do. They're pretty thorough. Um, There are, you know, and there's always going to be little things, but uh, but actually, none of them are occurring to me right now. Okay. So for those of you who are looking for something new in science fiction, The Expanse covers that. It's been described as the Game of Thrones in space. I agree with that. I haven't seen all of Game of Thrones. I've missed a couple episodes here and there, but I enjoyed it. And actually some of the guys that some of the writers, the writers were actually assistants for, uh, George R. R. Martin, and they're much better at getting their books out on schedule. So that's another, that's another thing. The books have been coming out almost once a year, uh, reliably since the beginning. And, uh, the book eight was delayed by four months or something along those lines. And book nine will be coming here pretty soon. But, uh, Once again, I love the books and I enjoy the show. And as soon as Amazon announces that season four will be coming out, I will probably be not completely binging. It won't take up an entire weekend, but I'll probably watch them a couple hours at a time. And I'd love to uh, chat with anybody who wants to talk about the show.
0: Well, you've convinced me. So yeah. (laughs) woohoo!
1: I have a convert. Woo. (laughs) Exactly. My geek cred is in place. All
0: right. Well, thanks. Thanks for, uh, The discussion of The Expanse. I definitely learned a number of new things this evening. So thank you. Sure. Thanks for hanging with us for season two of the Space 3D podcast. We appreciate the support and stay tuned for season three later this year. For Emily Carney and Tom Hill, this is Eleanor O'Rangers for Space 3D.